check this out. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. And we're back. Hello, and welcome to Still Unsponsored. Hello. Hello. Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And it's just uh, going on its own. It's you know what's really, you know what's funny though, is you keep freezing up on this end. It's it's doing what? You're freezing up on this end. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Okay, so for those listening, we've made some changes to the way that we do this. And so just we're using few. Riverside. Yeah. And Riverside's pretty cool because it records locally on both sides. And then we can put the files together later versus having to rely on, you know, laggy internet and your your dongle yep yeah exactly so because zach and i are no longer in the same location but we both have fiber so that's cool yeah are you yeah. sharing fiber with the building that you live in or is it uh like fiber to you it's fiber to me uh but what's interesting is every unit has fiber they're separate accounts but I have a sneaking suspicion all the fiber is going to the same switches, right? So it's not like, I don't know, there's like 200 units in this place. So it's not like there's 200 switches magically connected to the AT&T backbone. I think they're all going into one. So technically it's a gig, you know, gig into the switch. Yep. But then who knows what? So it's still, so it's it still shared. So into your into your unit? Uh-uh. No, it's so they actually... Fiber into your unit. Fiber into the, the unit. So they actually, what they did is they actually have, and I, it's the same thing that you have. It's literally the same receiving device and it's, it's attached to the wall in the closet. Every right. unit is like this. So you come in and you're good to go. And there's literally a special phone number. So it's like premium AT&T support or whatever. You just call and say, Hey, get me connected. And it's good to go. They, they and then, make you, only make you wait 29 minutes to answer the phone. Well, so yeah, I, I had a provisioning issue because yeah, I had a provisioning issue. So the, the, the person that was in here before didn't cancel it. And so mm. I had to go through those rings of hell, 318T's customer service. Um, but it's included in the, the monthly rent fee. So like got hypothetically, it. you should be able to plug it in and go, hypothetically. Hmm. And then I upgraded and got the gig up and down. Um, but it's, it's like during the nighttime, you can see like it's not it's not the full gig. Like you can see it's doing a little bit of sharing, but it's reliable. Hmm. I wonder same if that... thing would probably, it would it'd happen to you too. I bet you in your neighborhood, like at nighttime when everyone's Netflixing, I bet if you did a speed test, it would be a lot less than during the middle of the day. Just, just right because the backbone itself is being more fully or the switch utilized or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Zach, Chris, how long have we been doing this? Mm-hmm. Five years now. I don't know. That's exactly right. We're actually Ooh. at our five-year anniversary. Wow, there we go. And we have nothing to show for it. How how many? Ep- well, we're still unsponsored uh- <laughs> <laughs> by choice. By choice, by yeah, choice, exactly yeah. by choice, yeah. um, because you know we tr- we just turn away all those offers that come into a long running show like ours. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. We say, Very did you re- not read the name? Right. Exactly. It's actually five years almost to the day. I was looking no back at, at when we launched our first episode, and it, it was no October 2017. You know, like October 5th or something. So maybe we're a little bit past. Well, today is the 23rd. Right. So we're getting right, close. Right, so we're a little bit past. You said the 25th. I said 5th. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, huh? Five years. Amazing. And in that five years, we've done 30 episodes. 
That many? Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So here's the other thing. It's an interesting ride. Like I was, we we're changing a lot of the infrastructure. So I moved everything to Anchor FM, which is a free podcasting service and own or free podcasting podcast hosting service. I guess I can't talk. You know, I was up till 2 a.m. last night, downtown Austin, watching the uh, F1 freaks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Anchor FM, owned by Spotify. Spotify is making huge moves in podcasting, and I guess they wanted to own all the hosting. Because if you own the hosting, they, they are they are aggressively going after Apple because Apple's just you know like ah oh, we we win by default because we own all the iPhones and we have the built-in yeah. player and yeah. but the player has it's thin. It's just an RSS reader. And Spotify is going around like, well, if they own the hosts and they are edging themselves into being one of the biggest distribution networks, all of a sudden they, you know, they have a, they have a little hmm. bit of a moat. Um, so anyway, while moving into Anchor, I went back and I listened to a lot of our old episodes. And I bet you you were horrified. Yes, I am a <laughs> professional user of filler sounds. That's the sound of Chris's brain loading. True, Jane. Yes. The other thing that's absolutely fascinating is the the twenty end of 2019, 2020, 2021 episodes, because you can hear us processing the whole pandemic as it kind of plays out it's almost an interesting time capsule because it starts yeah. out with you know it hasn't hit us yet what is this thing happening in asia and then you know we're so sporadic that you know then it's sort of like jump cut to yeah so we're uh you know locked in our homes just you know drinking a lot of porch pounder uh not not doing a whole lot how are we dealing with this uh with the lockdown by drinking a lot of porch pounder right and yeah. then and then jump cut Hey, there's a lot of polarization right now, and the stories don't seem to be consistent. And then you and I all all of a sudden go back to traveling a whole lot, and you know, and now, and then it's just like fade to black. So we're 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 coming back and revealing the back, shocking baby. fact that we're not dead. We're not. <laughs> we're, we're not. Well, we're, at least physically, maybe mentally, spiritually. Right. Yeah. So, that's the right one. Physically yeah. and mentally, we are status alive. Correct. Active. Right. Exactly. Not but like everyone active. else struggling yeah. with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. So wait, hang that's on. I, we we I'll, have I'll to go back marketing. and I'll have to go back and listen. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We have serious marketing topics for tonight. But I think that like the way that I want to bookend all of that is last two nights ago. I was out on Rainy Street talking to random drunk guy at the bar who was clearly a suburban dad that had crawled out of, you know, suburbia and showed up at Wonder Bar, which is like, you know, 20 year olds doing it for the gram uh, type situation. And well, he heard of still unsponsored. No, he he hadn't oh. heard of still unsponsored. Well, that would have been you know, really cool. You know how drunk people like <laughs> inadvertently like share their soul, right? Yes. And. And so the guy talks about a bunch of random stuff and I'm like sort of dismissing. And then he says something along the lines of, yeah, I'm just really worried about the level of polarization uh, in politics right now. I've got kids that are getting ready to like leave the nest and 
I would really hate for there to be a civil war. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, this dude who basically I, in my mind, I'm like, this is the, the talk track of an NPC. Like if we're in a simulation, that guy's not full human. He's definitely yeah. the man yeah. on the street. Yeah. And the man on the street talk track yes. is, you know, hey, I'm pretty worried about what's happening. So <laughs> that's that's the state of the state. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in my cave and not come out. Right. By the way, it. I'm realizing you and I have very similar glasses right now. By by design? I don't know, but I'm realizing that we have very similar glasses. Are, are you saying that even though we've only seen each other physically once for a couple of days in the last, like, what, year, we're still basically the same person? And basically. Still still merging? Yeah. Okay. Wow. If we get around to talk about real estate, which not be this episode, but maybe one of the others, I've got some stories <laughs> because i hang stories. out with agents now and so <laughs> got some good stuff so all right, teaser all right, all right okay zach pitch Chris. me your pitch the cro topic doesn't matter doesn't matter okay, does what website CRO for the like, website three people that... yeah by the way are we recording the video with this because i'm realizing i have like a horrible background i'm not going to use it Okay, good. This is uh, gonna be audio of, only. I yeah, realize, I yeah, because I got like the ba- the bedroom and everything else, and coffee pot. And this looks kind of janky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just figured out I could minimize myself and maximize you because it was a side by side. Right. I'm like, oh, that was really annoying. So now I see the full the full gambit on my end. I'm like, ooh, it looks like shit. This is actually uh, a live reaction unboxing review of Riverside FM because the account that I created for this was literally created. Well, we're, we're, we've been going for nine minutes, so it was created 10 minutes ago. Oh, all right. Well, then. <laughs> cool. Uh, they need to work on that little button then. Uh, okay. So website conversion and optimization. So the, the premise is little tiny things can make a huge difference on mm-hmm. whatever. Your conversion mm-hmm. rates, thus conversion and optimization. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also be tweaked to maximize average order value, maybe reduce churn in certain ways, a whole bunch of stuff. Here's my question. In today's times, 2022, does mm-hmm. it matter anymore? Are people so, like, the tiny stuff doesn't matter, right? Changing button colors doesn't matter. We've known that for a while. Uh, you know, unless you're doing millions of site visits a day or months, it's, it's hard to tell anything, you know, with those tiny things. Um, so does, does A-B testing really matter? Does the CRO really matter anymore? Um, I have some suspicions and some feelings. But that's kind of where I wanted to drop this out. Okay. Yeah. This is a good topic because I've, like everything, got some opinions. Um, I think, first of all, it's a matter of scale. Like how how big are you and how much traffic is your app experiencing or your, you know, your thing? Like if you're Instagram or you're Amazon then changing a button color or button placement or something like that mm, could sure. definitely matter. I would agree. Moving down from there, our old mutual employers had enough traffic that we could be doing CRO basically on a daily basis. So we could wake right. up in the morning and we could look at the offers that we put into the market and tweak. Yep. And, you know, that's still like we still weren't doing it like the way that a CRO agency would tell you to do it. It wasn't right. incredibly scientific. It was right. 
a little bit seat of your pants, but we had enough data and we had enough traffic to connect the dots and understand what was happening. And so we were a little bit optimizing for the state of the market that week. Yeah. Right. Yep. I think moving into the business to business world where I've been basically since then, I, I kind of think you're right. I think the, the bigger ideas like you are, and this is the other thing is like optimizing colors and button placements and that kind of thing are less important than actually testing whole new experiences. Mm -hmm. So radically different pages, right? You know, is it a very stripped down page that's just like a form and you fill it out and right. you're done? Is it, you know, is it a digital download page? Is it a, a lead capture with a bunch of information on it? Is it got videos at the top or, you know, big, big swings? Yeah. So the other, the other caveat I would add to that is in addition to the volume and the scale is the traffic channel. Mm, right. Yeah. So if you look at someone that's already predetermined, so going back to your B2B analogy here someone that's already interested in your service or is already curious going down the information exploration stage if the button is left or right or the contents above the video or vice versa probably not that big of a difference right but if they're a cold person coming in through ppc perhaps uh where they're not as familiar with you they're not they're you know it's it's a little bit less of it's a colder prospect higher up in the funnel then i would argue it does make a difference because they're not they're not going down that exploration path. They just want to have whatever's presented presented to them quickly, easily. Right. So that's the those are the two arguments I would say. Um, volume and then also yeah, what what the, the traffic channel context is like context yeah. might might yeah. be the way to say that. And obviously, I if you're spending so. hella cash on paid search, you should be doing some of that anyway. Whether it's ad copy rotation or right. landing page rotation and constantly be messing with that. Right. Yeah. I, I reflect on this must've been in like 2010 at SEM PDX sitting in a, sitting in a session at whatever they called it search fest or something. Wow. I, I want to, I, I should find out if they're still doing that, that summit because it was a, it was a pretty good event. And I'm sitting there watching a session that's got the kind of lead CRO person from REI and an agency person. And the agency mm-hmm. person stands up and gives you the textbook. This is what CRO is. And you're an idiot if you're not doing it like this. And basically trust the science. Uh, <laughs> that, that sort of uh, routine. And the REI person stands up and says, in the real world, you can't do any of that. Yeah. And you basically have to wing it. Mm-hmm. And she had some interesting examples because REI back then had just just rolled out um, pick up in store or like check store inventory. That was like a brand new, brand new thing back then. And she's like, this crushed our conversion rate optimization or our conversion rate by like, it was something absurd, like 80%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but it's a net huge win for the company because it drives people into the stores where they spend so much more money. But mm-hmm. then back then in those days, they didn't have the ability to like really connect those dots on, you know, person saw this on the website after clicking, you know, some sure. search, whatever, yeah. and then yeah. ended up in the store buying so much more. Um, and I guess 
I guess, I don't know if you'd ever really be able to do that with some certainty unless they were an existing yeah. customer. You right. Could. Yeah. You got the ways of the Google. <laughs> but yeah, about. it's interesting. And that's the other thing too, is you look at um, a lot of like UI sites out there, right? A lot of the CRO stuff is based upon good UI and what, mm-hmm. again, to me, good UI is very subjective. What looks good or what doesn't look good. I, I think it's subjective and the, the principles are always changing. This is always the pop quiz question I give folks. Chris, what's the purpose of your website? Capture leads. Bingo. Right? Like, yeah. it doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to be, you know, UI. I, I, this, this, please correct me if I'm wrong. The ugliest websites in the world, everything I've always been involved with, the uglier it is, the better it performs. It, it's just this weird, I don't know, it's, it's just a weird situation. But, I, you know, I, going back to, like, what good looks like or what CRL looks like, um, yeah. I think it's so subjective. It's so different upon the site, the vertical, the niche, the audience, the traffic channel. Um well, I think it's, that's, it's, I, I want to linger on that a little bit because I, I know I certainly have battle scars around fighting people that say, oh, this looks like shit, you know. But does it work? But does it work, right? That's the and question. Then, does it work? You know, uh, you know, the, the, a broken clock is right, you know, twice a day type thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like there's an element of that happening with technology right now where the landing pages that you built in like the early 2010s kind of before mobile optimization was really a thing are now performing well again mm. because they're just so lightweight and internet speeds and and processing power has gotten so good that they actually like weirdly work uh, <laughs> they're they're just not responsive so you you got to play that game yeah. um but yeah i mean if you push someone down like a kind of a track, uh, you know, with blinders on. Yeah, a lot of times that doesn't look good or it doesn't really communicate the brand or whatever it is, but it captures the lead and now they're in the database and now you can actually do the the heavy lifting. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So I guess to, to sum it all up and circle back and double click on this whole conversation. Oh, you look what I did there. The uh, yep. Sierra yep. Matter. That, that was, you won buzzword bingo, like bam, bam, bam. Woo! That was like the checkmate move. <laughs> uh, so is, is CRO worth it? Does it matter? I would say yes to a certain extent. Uh, I think the rules have changed. I think what you're going to get out of it has definitely changed. Um, yeah. Here's the other thing too. Sorry, I know we were trying to summarize here, but here's another point I'll make. No, all the keep, sites, keep going. All the sites these days, back, back in my day, all the sites were like you know bootstraps. They all had the same components. Right. They all looked the same. So it was a success message and a failure message. And the forms all had the same fonts. And the web looked very uh, similar to each site. I think with this web, whatever, we're in 3.0 now? Two point, it's not 2.0, it's 3.0. Well, I mean, 3.0 is all the crypto uh, stuff. So I, I, well, that, I don't whatever, know. What, wherever we are in this web, web world right now. 2.8. All right, 2.8, 2.8, we'll go 2.8. Market, still unsponsored, Web 2.8. When someone says, what is this? We can point back right. to here. Um, I think what, what's happened is a lot, every, a lot of the modern sites these days have broken away from bootstrap templates. And so now there is a little bit of differentiation. Um, so I think, you know, when, when you have a UI designer that maybe isn't hasn't been around the block a lot, they'll come up with something that might visually look good but it won't work. And so then there's opportunities to do that. But if you're, if you're 
transacting right now, if you're busting out like a brand new Shopify site that has you know been through its paces, it, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I, that that's kind of my summary. CRO is, it's a changing beast for sure. And I think it's gotten very specialized into, as to when it's truly effective. But that's, that's my point. Yeah. I'm trying to think how I would, I think that it's, it's classroom versus real world, real world practice. Yeah. And the classroom would teach you the principles, which you should have in mind. You should always have in mind. And maybe I would say it this way. I would say like, it's worthwhile to have teams go through the exercise to realize this is, uh, this is the other thing that we haven't talked about, which is how hard it actually is to get statistically significant data and actually do the math. Right, because a lot of times when you implement these testing programs, what you find out is the variable that you thought you were testing isn't the variable that you're actually testing or measuring, or is the variable that you should be testing or measuring. Yeah. And so you 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 know it goes live, and then all of a sudden you realize based off the first data you know coming in that that's not that what, doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Uh, we'll ignore this. This just doesn't. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you're looking at KPI. You know B. Because that one's actually the one that's more important. And and so you're learning. And I think that I think that it's important for people to go through that try that rigorous exercise to see how much that that happens. Because I think yeah. when you're in the early phases of let's just say CRO-ish test, it's worth doing the discipline. It's worth doing the the documentation just to understand if for if for nothing else, to understand where you're gonna look in your analytics stack to to judge the success or failure but we know from experience that as soon as you start heading down that track it's going to get wild and you, yeah. you got to be nimble yeah yeah well said all right well Anything let's move on to another topic then <laughs> all right. did that in uh 20 minutes 22 minutes in, in 20 minutes yeah exactly yeah. hot take yeah okay uh you had, you, you texted me, and I was thinking about this. I was like, "This is this is." A Wait, hot we take. didn't we didn't connect with each other in the metaverse and Horizon to discuss this. Oh, that's a whole topic we should talk about. Oh man, I'm gonna add that to the list. Yeah, this is this is a topic. <laughs> Fun that, stuff to talk about. <laughs> we we should go back to doing a new segment, and just <laughs> yeah yeah because wow. Uh, Marky Mark is uh, <laughs> definitely taking Facebook in some interesting directions. So between Meta. it's Meta, it's not Facebook. Oh, it's Meta. Yeah, sorry, Meta. It's like Google's Alphabet. It's not Google. It's Alphabet. Yeah, but well, it seems that Facebook takes that Meta transition a whole lot more seriously than Google takes their Alphabet. Yeah. Transition, right? Yeah. Like the Alphabet thing was sort of like a shell company game. We're just going to create another Delaware Corp and put Google inside that one so we can do some other crazy shit and then no one actually cares. The meta thing seems to be serious. Yeah. Well, it's or not the least... Facebook pixel. It's the meta pixel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So VR, definitely one of those things that is um, not practical. I saw a headline. I got to go find it. And it was something along the lines of anyone that tries it spends like on average two and a half hours with the headset on 
mm-hmm. then abandon ship basically permanently. Not surprised. You have an Oculus, right? Yeah, yeah. It's sitting in a storage unit. When was the last time you used it? And how many hours do you think you used you know, it? You know the last time I used it? Snowpocalypse, because I was so bored. I'm like, oh, I got some battery life. So I played the, the flight sim. That's the last yeah. time I busted that thing open was Snowpocalypse. Right. So that's what, two years ago? Right. I actually I have mine hanging below my desk here on a on a hook and I frequently will see headlines about either things that Meta is doing or new updates. And so I'll just turn it on, let it update and then put it on to see what's mm-hmm. different. And they are like pretty they are and they aren't. Like they're they're making a lot of changes. I don't know if they're like really dramatic changes. So it's like, yeah. Uh, it just seems like it's like second life to me with a, <laughs> it's like second life. Right, right, exactly. Well, where's I mean, this going to go? I mean, want... what are you going to do? Stick a thing on your forehead and have a meeting with someone? Like, what, where's this going to go? I think so. You know, I, I think the new devices are supposed to have better pass through. But even then, I, you would imagine that would kill your eyes after a while because imagine, like, it, it, the amount of time that okay. we spend in say, front of monitors. Yeah, but say, okay, say they fix all this stuff. So from a, right. just being able to wear this thing, this hardware device on your head, whatever. Okay. okay. Yeah. All, all the, all the problems have been solved. Right. What the frig is the point of this thing? Well, okay. So here's another comparison where you look at all the guys that are guys and guys and girls that have come back from uh, our last 20 years of military adventures and, you know, our our big thing is we've got night vision and no one else does. Mm-hmm. So these guys have worn heavy shit on their heads for extended period of time. And you talk to them and their necks are all seriously fucked. Like they all Again, have arthritis. Okay. Say all this. Say all this stuff's figured yeah. out. Okay? Yeah, okay. Say all this stuff is figured out. Okay? So, so now it's can... lightweight, just like glasses, like sure. the promise of Apple Wonderful. Glass. Cool. Okay. But Apple Glass is something that's that's augmented reality. That's not. That's not what this VR world is doing. That those are two yeah. very different things. I, I, that the augmented reality I could see a lot of use cases for, right? So you're driving, you're walking, you oh, yeah. maps, totally. and you, you look at your cooking and you see the recipe pot. Like there's there's practical applications for that. My understanding is that this this Horizon VR world is essentially a second life where you have your little avatar and you can go shopping, you can chat with people, right. you can talk with them. Uh, Please explain to me WTF. How is this? What am I missing? If I want to go to the store, I can hop on the internets, type it in and go shopping there. Or I can walk down the street. If I want to talk to someone, I can use riverside.fm and record a podcast. No, they're not a sponsor. Or I can (laughs) bust open a Zoom. Or I can pick up a phone. I'm, I'm just, I'm failing to see where where this evolves into and apparently marky mark has some vision that i i'm not seeing but you know, I, I maybe he's just out. watched enough sci-fi to feel like you know can we get closer and closer to the matrix you know but i, I think you're right where where i i actually reflect a lot on facetime and the arrival of video calling because mm-hmm. again i distinctly remember being in an elementary school and people saying one day there'll be video calling and it'll be amazing 
And then video hmm. calling essentially arrived and no one gave a shit, right? It was yeah. just something that we took for granted as like a natural next step. But yeah. if we really seriously took this technology and took it back 20 years, people would lose their shit, right? Yeah. But it happened so incrementally and we were just, I guess, ready for it that it's not that big of a deal. And so I think that AR, augmented reality, is going to happen the same way because there's a lot of it already, whether it's using maps on your cell phone as you drive or heads-up displays in cars, mm-hmm. you know, or or even there's, there's crazy stuff. Um, I was watching a video today on the Army's new optic and basically mm-hmm. you push a button and it ranges and it puts a dot on where you need to aim. Uh, That's pretty you know, cool. So it's basically doing all this crazy calculation you know, all seamlessly. That's right. Uh, and so it's just going to arrive without people noticing. Yeah. And so I think this like, it's almost like it's too big of a swing too fast. Maybe. Like what, I, what Meta's well, trying to so, do. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the AR stuff. Believe me, there's so many applications. I mean, I, even I, the Microsoft HoloLens, like that's all AR, right? So a mechanic mm-hmm. or a surgeon or whatever. Yep. Here, put your stick your finger here on the heart valve so it doesn't blow up, right? That's cool stuff. Yep. Uh, but taking it to the next level of being immersed in this virtual world, I I don't know. He must see something I don't. I don't ever see that really. And by he, I mean Marky Mark. I, I don't see this taken off. I, I don't. I do not see a practical application for this. So I think. Based off the people that are way smarter than us, like uh, Ben Thompson at Stratechery or watching, you know, <laughs> the Zuck on Rogan, I believe his thought process is he knows it's out there. And he, what he's trying to do is push technology in a way that will get him there. But the question is, is he going to be apple with the iphone and push technology to the point where it becomes an integrated part of our life or is he going to be palm pilot where they were dramatically ahead of their time but the world was not ready or is it going to be second life where you build something and then it doesn't no one take gives off a shit after three no years a shit and it's gone yeah because no yeah. offense i mean Right. Again, let's let's be real. Facebook went to Meta because of all the privacy shit that was going on. So that was their rebrand to to diversify and get away from the Facebook harm that that was causing. Yeah, and but so they, used, they they went from like, hey, oh we we track you and we give you personalized ads right. and it's kind of okay to suck yourself into the matrix. Yeah. Trust us. Well, and so that's my, that's, again, this, so that's my other point, right? So fine. Okay. Made of, all right. You know what? Made of verse, this, right? It's just so cool. Yeah. It's going to be game changing for the world. Our society is going to evolve into utopia. Cool. You want Facebook is the one that's building it. I mean, (laughs) I, I seriously worry about that because I guess the thing that I see is when you're looking through. I just think about this every time I put the Oculus goggles on. You do the like the double tap on the side yeah. so you can see through the the weird like thermal predator vision. Yeah. Uh, and it's got cameras all the way around that are used for positioning where your hands are or whatever. But I just wonder how much they're using that. Like how much of that video 
they're actually ingesting? Like, is it local or? Oh, no, dude. Are you kidding me? It's all going up. Are you kidding me? It's all going up. Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of stuff that's that's funny slash creepy about VR. But I mean, yeah, we've all sort of got used to all these cameras being around us. But oh, so that's you know what? That's actually that's a good point. So you know how we're talking about the uh, you know video calls and everything. It's now think about it. Now everyone has a Nest Cam. Now everyone has doorbell cams and ring cams. Right. Now that's a technology. Again, if you went back twenty years ago, right, people would be freaking the f out. That would be like this is right. a privacy invasion. I don't want this. This is, or they'd be like it's cool. But I mean, now it's ubiquitous everywhere. Now right. it's like if a crime happens, where's the where's the camera? It's so, that that has been entrenched in our society super Oh, yeah, fast there's several the views of of whatever the crime is that's happened. Yeah, no, that's another point of you take it, it's the double it's the double right. It's the Nest Cam pointed at your front door that then sends the video to your handheld device. Mm-hmm. And again, you took take that back twenty years and you show people mm-hmm. and again. They'll, they'll lose their shit because security cameras were a thing, but it was sure. recording on tape decks in the back room and you'd have to go find it. So, yeah, you've seen some of the stuff that that has come out of the security industry and yeah. the ability to do like natural language search against, you know, a city full of cameras to find, you know, six foot guy in red shirt on yellow bicycle crossing a crosswalk and then bam all that video comes up yeah yeah Yeah, that's cool stuff uh that's cool we still don't have the super enhance but i mean enhance enhance (laughs) there's a there's a limit to physics enhance Enhance. no it's it's super neat uh we got a big tangent here like for sure uh yeah well i think it's actually relevant we're gonna we're working our way around to a good transition here because we were the text message that you sent me is, how did you phrase it? Is all of the cookie, is the cookie-less future actually going to harm privacy rather than help it? Yeah. So pitch me your pitch. Here's my pitch. All right. So background, very, very, <laughs> very, very high level. And I'm sure I don't know what I'm talking about, but. That's never stopped us before. <laughs> it's never stopped us from pontificating before. Okay, so look at the State of the Union of Internet Tracking. Oh, let's go back even a few years ago. Everything has a cookie, right? Every, every mm-hmm. site, every ad network, uh, analytics software, everything is, everything is dropping a cookie. And so, yes, cookies are so scary. Oh, my goodness. It's the personalized web. Uh, here's the thing. But it, but it enabled, you just said it, and it's worth highlighting. It's the personalized web. The cookies it's the are personalized the cor- web, right. It's the little bit of dumb technology, a little text file that sits in your browser that allows apps to actually customize stuff for you. And so sure. nothing else would exist without that. You'd be looking at static web pages otherwise. You'd be looking at static, or it would be the, you know what it would be? It would be back before, you know, publishers had CPC models and everything else. So publishers would not be able to monetize like let's be honest advertising powers the web you know again and i'm using the web meaning like the www not like apps but i'm talking like websites it that's how publishers make their money it's by serving up ads and guess what gets more clicks relevant ads so yeah it is what it is so i mean 
I use an ad blocker and I'm a marketer and I use an ad blocker, which is not cool. But, um, you know, if you look at, at everything as a whole, cookies, they don't really store personal information. They're not supposed to from the ad networks, at least. If it's something that's through like the IAB standard, it's not personal information. Can, can these companies stitch together a profile of all the sites you visit? Sure. Uh, what do they do with it? Maybe they sell it, probably sell it, but it's still relatively anonymous. Um, at least from my opinion, again, my standpoint is different. And I know like, if you look at like GDPR and everything else, the whole, you know, privacy is a right versus a privilege. There's, there's very different, you know, depending on where you're listening in from and where you grew up, there's two very different takes on this. Yeah. I, I got to um, go find the articles. This is again, a little bit of a tangent, but I have seen Europeans now talking about how GDPR has ruined the web. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I would love to read that article. Uh, yeah. I, 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 with what's what's happened, I, I would agree. Because by the way, all these cookie banners and everything else, everyone just clicks accept. Do you accept this cookie? Like, stop. Yes, <laughs> yes I accept leave damn me alone. cookie. Like, <laughs> which what what did that do? But okay, you know what all this right. is? This is this is a return to Netscape circa 1995. <laughs> do you remember when it was like you had to click accept one cookie or accept all cookies? Yes. Like yes. on ev- every time the page loaded. Yeah. And then yeah. it was just like. And then eventually we all just clicked accept all cookies all the time yeah. and moved yeah. on with our lives. I know. I know. So, okay, let's, that's the current state of things right now, right? So cookies, advertising, personalized, high level. I know I'm probably making a lot of people angry, but it is what it is. Okay, so cookie future. This is a world where, uh, and you're seeing this right now, I forget, it's like uh, Google's calling it, uh, what is it, like FLOC or something. Essentially what they're trying to do now, Google specifically, because they're a revenue, all the revenue is driven by advertising. Um, what they're trying to do in the flock, it's like FLOC. Yep. Forget the acronym. Um, cookies are going away, but now what they're doing is they're using identifiers. <laughs> so, right. Oh, even better. <laughs> so instead of a cookie, which you can clear, now you have a, a, a device browser ID, which then puts you into you know groups of people. So maybe right. I'm a techno fiend, or maybe I like the outdoors, or maybe... Oh, you know, based upon where I'm at, it's a certain type of demographic they can kind of guess at. Right. Which, fine, cool, advertising. If that's the future, fine. My suspicion, though, is let's go a step further. If cookies are no longer allowed, so from an advertising perspective, they got things figured out that can make it anonymous. What about the sites themselves that utilize first-party cookies? What's going to happen? So my perspective is this. This is actually going to be a net loss for anyone that's concerned about privacy and personalization. Because what's going to happen is now, instead of storing these things anonymously through these ad networks or these data brokers or everything else, now it's whoever you're interacting with is storing all that information. And every site has different terms of policy, privacy policies and what they can do with your information, how they're selling it, how they're utilizing it, what they're doing with it, how long they can keep it. All of this stuff, when you click accept all, <laughs> you're, you're checking that box, it's it's individual on every single site. So long way what I'm getting at is, so smaller sites, probably not that big of a deal. But if you're talking like major enterprises, and you and I both have worked for bigger companies, so you can imagine what, what what's happening next. Yep. If I know your name or your device or whatever else, and magically I install scripture tools that let me track your entire user journey, Right. That's much different than a cookie of, are they logged in? <laughs> What's your name? Now I have a full user journey. And then I tie it back to all my other stuff. So if you're an e-commerce store, all the stuff you bought in the past, right? 
really creating these personalized offers and everything else, yep. which can be done, but it's still relatively anonymous. Imagine just layering in everything else. And then what's stopping these companies from then selling your information, doing whatever else with other providers? So, hey, Chris, well, you're on so this I site? Don't think, I don't think they are. And I've definitely... Well, not yet. I, I've definitely spent, you know, like the proverbial smoky back room, you know, sort of like Vegas type thing, having some of the like more forward thinking slash shadier marketers talk about mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, well, I go over here to this data broker and I pair the data with this thing that I bought from this other company. And then all of a sudden I have like... The same full picture. Mm -hmm. This is almost exactly what you're talking about, but I think it's an approach in a slightly different way. It's like I have the same level of targeting capability that I had before Apple took their bite out of <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. But none of it's an anonymized. It's pretty, right. pretty transparent. Hey, Chris, I see you're logging in from Austin, Texas, uh, and you're on this device. <laughs> uh <laughs> So that's my How's entire point. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's, yeah. Her birthday's coming up. You better right. get her a gift. Right. That's exactly. my it's been point. a while since she bought cat food. Are you sure Enzo's okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is my point, right? So it doesn't take someone the next step to say, all right, well, if everyone has all these islands of information, maybe there's some sort of network where you can start tying these things together. And so now it's not a cookie. It's actually a net loss. For all anyone that's concerned about privacy or being anonymous or any of those things, because now all these major sites can now, to your point, target essentially old school Facebook and then some is my suspicion. Yep. Um, who knows? It's you know a dark world. I, I don't know. But I, I guess long story short, is a cookie that bad? I, I don't know. <laughs> is a cookie that bad? Uh Back when GDPR, GDPR rolled around, which is this seems like a consumer education thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that with the constant hacking that's happened and people realizing how vulnerable they are to identity theft and maybe the education that companies like Apple have done, it, people are becoming aware of the kind of basic shields that they need to have up on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, starting to think about things like, no, I, I want to be selective about the places that I put my social security number and maybe my credit card number is something that's going to get iterated like pretty fast because yeah. it's only like it's almost a matter of time um, so yeah i don't i don't think that any of that legislation is actually helping you know people people be more secure i think that the the consumer education is what's actually helping and so if you run ad blockers and you run VPNs, you run Apple private relay and you use Brave browser and, you know, you, you can be a little bit more sophisticated and a little yeah. bit, a little bit more secure. Yeah. No, I think, I think GDPR has definitely helped with certain things because now you can say remove all my information. Um, and now it's bringing more accountability to data right. processors and controllers. So I, I would I would disagree with that point, like that that sub bullet point. I think it probably has been a win for some of the privacy. Okay, stuff. so keep that part because I agree with you on that part. Yeah. Like I do like the you know <laughs> the the ability to go threaten the company and say you know delete me and yeah. it have to be kind of serious. Right. But I think the accept all cookies banners. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. Here's the other like, weird conspiracy thing that I've got going on. It's accept all cookies or not, right? Have you ever mm -hmm. noticed the ex actual experience 
Like when let's say you go shields up and you're like, no, no cookies, no whatever. Everything still kind of works. Yeah. Right. So without like, if I pretend I don't know anything about the technology and what they're doing to kind of circumvent that, it's sort of like, well, is this all just like kind of like the TSA security theater? <laughs> it depends on what's happening. So it depends. I mean, I own websites where I know it uses cookies to track logins and everything else so that I can create. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you come back to the site, you're logged in, right? That's a convenience that utilizes cookies for that. Um, that's a good question. Does that go away? <laughs> you know, as a cookie-less future comes around, you know, session storage is no longer on the device. It's now on the site. So that opens up a whole can of worms. But anyways, um, yeah, you know, I think a, a lot of sites still work. Anything that's interactive where you're logging in, that that one might be a little bit more questionable. Um, but, you know, like I use Brave. That, that's the browser I use. And I... Yeah. I I surprisingly do have to essentially allow cookies to work on a lot of different things. Yep. Um, Chase is a good example. If I had, if I don't have it enabled on Chase, I can't log in and do anything. Mm. Now I don't know if they're advertising. I don't know if they're logging in. I don't know what's going on there, but I can't do anything on Chase. That makes sense. I think for me, the ones that I find interesting are kind of basic shopping carts. You know, just like kind of mm. basic e-commerce experiences, mm-hmm. where it's like. Well, this is kind of weirdly is okay, you know, even if you yeah. say decline all. This is going to yeah. be my new thing. I'm going to go to a whole bunch of stores and open incognito windows and say decline all and then just see if I can actually add things to carts and like go through the checkout process or if it, it at some point gives me an error Something message. Happens. Yeah. 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 I, it also depends on what you're doing too. So you're talking e-commerce. Right. I'm talking logging in. Right. Um, think about like internal stuff, you know, intranets. Those are still a thing. I mean, mm. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think as a marketer, so remember we're, we're a podcast focused on marketing. Yep. I think as a marketer, you just need to be aware of what's happening in the space. If you're advertising, you know that the big G and the meta and everything, they're going to come up with solutions to get around this. So no matter what, like, it's not like internet advertising is going away. <laughs> so I think just be buckle up long for the ride. Um, you know, as an affiliate marketer, now that's an interesting one. Um because now a lot of yeah. the affiliate tracking, a lot of it still relies on cookies. <laughs> a lot yes. of it does. Yes. And so unless you're going through the efforts of, of making it cookie-less, which takes a decent amount of work for a merchant to do, uh, unless they're using you know some sort of tracking platform that can do it automatically, that's a, that's a whole vertical category that could be in a lot of trouble. And I'm thinking like Let a me- lot of the Amazon affiliates. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I think for e-commerce right. affiliates, it it could be a death sentence. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to watch even what like ad blockers block, you know. So if you're on a big network like Impact Radius, it, it gets blocked pretty mm-hmm. consistently. So this would be my pitch like for for affiliates out there. And we're kind of seeing some movement this way, you know, at my day job is all of a sudden we a kind of business to business type thing, a lead generation, uh, you know, sort of front end look appealing because even if that cookie's not set we're capturing the ir click ids and the the other kind of parameters mm-hmm. that come through mm-hmm. when a form submitted and it goes into our crm and then we've got it right yep. so we're less dependent on again this right <laughs> this which kind of comes I'm back saying. to making your point <laughs> that's my point right. right now you have to keep track of this now you have to keep track of all the stuff that's coming in where before it right. was someone else's problem 
Right. It was the the advertising network. It was you know whatever. It's but now you're keeping track of it. Like the Google Click ID, you know, all that stuff is now. It's all being tracked. God, if, for, if I had you know, in, in store something in for store. every time my Google rep said GCLID, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like oh yeah. Okay, wait. Isn't GCLID just like a unique identifier per person? You know, essentially. So, you you've swapped out cookie for a, a URL parameter, and we're still tracking individuals here. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I think that's like the um, what do you call it? Like the virtue signaling that these companies do do about privacy. And then when you actually talk to their ad salespeople, <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 hang on. This, this is how it actually works. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I don't know. I mean, you're supposed, yeah, you're supposed to hash all that stuff. So if you're tying it back to an individual, yeah, again, we could go into ad policy and everything else. But this is my point. Like, so this is my overarching premise. If you could sum this entire point up, instead of storing on cookies, now all these merchants, all these providers that you interact with are storing more on you in order to do whatever they need to do. And it's probably not a nefarious reason. It's just that's how they need to do business now in order to compete in, in the market. Um, so as a marketer, you know, be prepared for this stuff. Uh, you know, make sure that you're thinking through stuff that actually matters to your business. If you don't need it, you don't need to store it. Um, but, but keeping track of where people are coming from and how they interact with you might not be a bad thing to, to track and, and store. Um, of course, within policy and everything else, but that's just kind of my right, exactly. Premise. But I, you know, I think to kind of flip your thing around and talk about it from the marketer's perspective, not from the, from the privacy perspective. I, I'm a store everything person, right? Like if the data point comes across, I try and store it because I am, I am always trying to, uh, optimize for LTV, not just like cost per acquisition. So, yeah. Sorry. My watch said I have to walk around and I. And, and so you let me, you're so going to let me monologue while I'm letting while you, you monologue as I walk around to get my, my step, <laughs> my, my stand, stand goal. We're a professional podcasting group here. Zach's health takes priority over the podcast that he's recording. Well, you know what I would love to see is me five years ago versus me today, <laughs> because all the weight that I lost, I think has come back. And so like now I'm working out, I should check it out and see, uh, I'm back on my workout kick, but um, nice. What do you What are you doing these days? You said you went for a run. I thought you said you were going to go for a bike ride. What's your? Yeah, just trying to do that. Just trying to stay active. So uh, I started running a couple days ago, as I always say. But started running, started lifting again. Um, that's a benefit of living in an apartment like this. There's a nice gym, so mm-hmm. I have no excuses to be lazy. And then yeah, right. go for bike rides. Um, I live close enough to the water, close enough to the water, uh, where I can go for an hour and a half. Two hours, easy, doing a nice little loop, and then walking. So nice, yeah, nice. I'm I'm back to working out like six days a week. Nice. I I, I was feeling really good, and I was talking to my. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Like, I've been are we done with this podcast? Tomorrow. Are we just shooting the shit now? Yeah, no, we're sh- we're shooting the shit. We're gonna we're wrapping it up right now, but this right, is like we're you know. This falls right. in the category of life hacks and stuff like that. But okay. anyway, regardless, I've been feeling really good. Feeling good to the point where I was working out seven days a week, sometimes doing doubles. And so I'd like work out, do basically like a CrossFit workout in, in the gym, in my garage, and then go to yoga, uh, like hot yoga. 
and the uh, the nurse practitioner that I work with is like, the doubles are fine, but the seven days a week thing is not. You need to you need to give Rest. your heart a break, so yeah. you're overdoing it. Like, all right, so cool. I, now Life I now hack. have an official excuse to be lazy. There we go. One day a week. Only one day a week. Only only one day a week. Only yeah. one day. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So today okay, I woke up fun. late and ate bacon. Yeah. No, this was great. I'm glad we're <laughs> doing great. this again. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we got we got like two or three episodes in this thing. We got one episode at least. Yeah. Because we have CRO. No, I'm have... going to release it all as one episode. It'll be one right. hour long episode. And then we will have to come up with some other reason to talk to each other next week. All right. In your topic updates, you have 2021 Playbook of Marketing Channels. I think it's about two years of update. Here's a technology change. We're, you, we're sharing an Apple Note. You know, you're the first person that's ever shared an Apple Note with me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I kind of like this. I, I do this for grocery shopping with my wife. Oh. Yeah. Because it also transfers seamlessly across devices, like, pretty nicely. So Yeah, I never could get... I, yeah, I can never get into Evernote. I always try to Evernote. I'm like, oh, I can sync, but yeah, I think I still end up with Apple Notes. Point. Everyone okay. uses Notion now, but yeah. I, I just I like the ecosystem and I like the seamless integration I, that, I just, that Apple I can't has. Figure out Notion. I can't figure out Notion. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're probably making the same mistake that Evernote did, where it's like if you're a solution to everything, you're a solution to nothing. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually I like I like Apple Notes. It's literally my. Chatless, so I appreciate this. Um, yeah, and I use the reminders. Let's too, so. let's just talk about real fast. So we we're rebooting this thing. Uh, we we still have no sponsors. Uh, as I said, we're now hosted on Anchor. If you're subscribed, if our listener is subscribed on Apple <laughs> Podcasts, they should see this thing just come back to life. That's so cool. because I just swapped out the like the underlying RSS feed. And so I think what Apple did is they replaced all the episodes with the new hosting location. So I think that worked out pretty well. What about the website? The website's key for all of our unsponsored <laughs> sponsorships. Yeah. The the website is currently dead. We'll have to rebuild yeah. that and repoint it. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. Re- rebuild that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to decide what we want to do with show notes and stuff like that. If we if we want to do like transcriptions or summaries or maybe well, maybe there's a service that we could use to do summaries. Yeah, there's probably a service we could use that will not sponsor this show, but uh, yes, there's definitely a service that would. I thought you're doing audio only, so no one can see what you're drinking out of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, options. I think we just keep it as simple as possible. I think people are here to listen and not necessarily read, read your gibberish show notes. Yeah. So I'd Probably. keep it simple. I just do recordings and just call it a day. And then video yeah. when I, you feel I like it. I do wonder if there's an SEO advantage to doing extensive extensive show notes. Like if that actually gives some searchability to this care? whole thing. Do we care? I, I don't know. I mean, we mostly do this for, for ourselves. It's all one one big experiment part of the the simulation <laughs> yeah exactly. all right well this is fun all right well <laughs> in that case uh since we've decided to do no actual marketing of our own show about marketing uh and if you 
for reasons unknown, end up listening to the show, uh, tell a friend. <laughs> it's a referral-based podcast. It's a, it's a referral-based podcast. <laughs> yes, I it's like a that. secret podcast that requires word of mouth. Right. Growth. You either know about it or you don't, and a lot right. of people don't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. Let's wrap it up. I'm going to end play recording. Play the cool music now? You're going to play the cool uh, music? Yeah, sure. I'm going to play okay. the cool music. There we go. There we go. Can people it's hear the that? the same music we've been using for five years. Royalty free, you know, whatever. This is actually, it was also found, it's like Halloween-ish themed. So it's like kind of on, on trend again. All right, everyone. Okay, bye. See you later. Okay, bye.